0: Nice and tall. Shoulders up to the ears together, down the back. And just bringing the focus to the crown of your head. there, feeling it from the inside out. And feel your eyes soften in the sockets, your brow smooths. of the eyes turn up in a smile. Relaxing the tongue from the root of the tongue, feeling the inside out tension releasing. Jaw and hinges, feeling the whole neck tension melting. Shoulders melting. Being aware of the length and volume of both arms. And relaxing the hands. Them again, letting the belly soften. pelvic bowl from the inside out. And length lengthen the volume of both legs. And then lastly, the feet completely relaxing. What they feel like from the inside out, now being aware of the whole body at once. of the space, space inside the body that's continuous with the space outside the body. Just resting in pure awareness. the eyes and forehead, jaw, tongue relaxed. And it's a soft, focused attention. Not trying too hard, just receptive, open. Receiving whatever comes along. different sensations in the body, and when a thought comes along as they will, just relaxing, relaxing back into awareness. noticing how your physical form can relax again after you let go of the thought. by making a dedication, seeing what's in your heart, the reason that you wanted to come to class today or you want to practice. And making your dedication from there. move again opening the eyes So we're on week five, Escaping Uncertainty, City of Buddhist Ethics, and it's Wednesday, October 10th, 2018. So, okay, we are halfway through. We're going to do a review first, and then we'll start. In tonight's class, which is going to be about vows of full ordination. Okay, for review, what is the meaning of the word benaiah? And why do we call, what is what is being disciplined? Our mental afflictions. And? Our sense organs. hmm Mental afflictions and sense organs. Good. And then last week we went over one day vows. There are eight separate commitments, four primary, four secondary. Do you remember any of uh, the four primary? No
1: killing.
0: Mm-hmm. Killing what?
1: Inhuman or human beings.
0: Mm-hmm. That's one of them.
1: No sexual activity.
0: Yep. What are the other main ones in the Ten number on Virtues? Mm-hmm. The ceiling and the main one of speech. Mm -hmm. A no line. So those are the four primary. The four secondary are different from the um, ten non virtues. Do you remember any of those? Mm, There is one about eating. Not eating afternoon. do I don't remember another?
1: No
0: dancing, no music. Uh huh. Yep. That's the second one. No drinking. No drinking beer. No intoxicants. And one more. This one has to do with things.
1: Oh, like um, living a simple life and like not having being luxurious.
0: Right. Great. Right. Good job. And then, we went over the lifetime layperson vows, which are similar to the ones we just went over. So, it's kind of, it's like the first four plus one. So, what were the first four? <laughs>
1: killing, lying, sexual Yeah. Yep,
0: and then no intoxicants is the fifth. Okay, good. Now, we're going to go over the six steps for reaching full ordination. And the proper, so what's the proper reason for taking the individual freedom vows? hmm like, Why do you take them? Because is true. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know Mike? Going for is it
1: for hurting others or
0: remember we talked we talked about it a bunch, like the proper reason is that you're tired of,
1: of the renunciation?
0: Yeah, that you're sick of suffering. You're fed up with being unhappy, having a sick mind all the time. Um, So the proper reason would be renunciation. I'm done with the suffering. I'm taking these vows to get out. So you want to get rid of mental afflictions forever. Completely done. So this class, and this class covers the ideal progression from first taking the layperson's vows all the way up to ordination vows. The example that we're gonna go through is for women, or men's vows. Say, Ni ne punt sok. Ni ne punt sok. Ni ne punt sok. Ni ne sok. Okay. And what that means is, it's basically the ideal or excellent way of getting to your full ordination vows doing it just the right way, going through all of the vows and taking them in order. Technically, you can skip to a higher vow or you can take them all in the same way. And that is a way that, that you can take the vows, but it's not considered the perfect way. If you take them one by one and then you hang out with them for a while, that's considered to be the best way for perfect. Now, say that a woman wants to take full ordination. Where would they start? They, yep. You could. Yep. So, ideally, they would take their Gen yen Ma vows. Do you, do you guys remember which one that was? You, you were talking about it. Oh, the Lifetime Laywomen vows? hmm And then, I believe it was the Ganyin Pa's, the men's, yeah. The first one, Genyan Ma, Lifetime woman's Vows. It includes, which we, we kind of just went over them. It includes five vows and, and also keeping the advices on going for refuge. That's combined in there. We just said the five lifetime lay vows. What are they again? No killing, stealing,
1: lying,
0: sexual misconduct, or intoxicants. Yep. And the advices on going for refuge are an integral part. People don't usually count it, but it is an integral part of this. And refuge isn't going in praying to a statue because that doesn't really change us very much it means putting all of our hope and trust into the three jewels and when we see emptiness directly we'll become the Sangha jewel which is really cool then the Dharma jewel and then later we'll become a Buddha so we'll become the Buddha jewel so by the time we're Buddha we'll be all three jewels And there is, I mean, we kind of, we've gone over this in other classes, I think. But there is something in our culture where we think that looking at a picture is going to help us or something along those lines. But it's not actually going to do that much. It might plant some small good de- or good seeds for us. But a Buddha or an angel can look like anything. They don't have to look the way we think they're going to look either. They could be anybody around us. They they can emanate as things around us too. When we're taking refuge in what the... Basically, we're taking refuge in what the Buddhas can do. We're putting our hopes in something spiritual as opposed to something material, which is probably... Mostly what we've done through our lives, it seems. So an ethical way of living, it's going to protect us from future suffering. It's going to protect us um, from all of the sadness, anger, all of the afflictions that come up. Ultimately, it's going to protect us from the whole cycle of suffering. If we follow them well enough and go completely through the path, we'll be totally out of that. And simply bowing in front of an Asian-looking person instead of a white-looking man isn't what's gonna protect us. It might seem exotic, um, but that's not what'll what'll save us. We're we're taking refuge and we're committing to the vows that will protect us that's what will protect us changing our own mind changing our actions changing the things that we say that's the protection that we, can, that we can get which is amazing because we're in control of that mostly the main point is to understand emptiness and why we need to live an ethical way of life does that make sense? And then what's next? So, if it's not one of the vows, this next one isn't one of the vows. Say, Rabjung. Barma, Barma Rabjung.
1: Rabjan.
0: Barma Rabjung. Barma Rabjung. Barma Rabjung. And this is a commitment to leave the home life. <clears throat> and this isn't an individual freedom vow per se, but it's a step that you take before the ordination vows. We're going through all the steps up to taking the full nun's vows. And you have to do this one before you're ordained. The third one, say, Gay-sul-ma. gay sul You've taken a lifetime lay vows. You've left the home life. And now you're taking the novice nun's vows. For this one, there's four primary, six secondary, and three transgressions. And Gish Michael mentions, there's also a division into 36, 40, and 13, but we're gonna talk about 10. (laughs) (laughs) They match the one-day vows, pretty much. No killing, stealing, sexual misconduct, lying, dancing, extravagant things, no money, no eating after noon, all the ones that we went over. Then, after that, are the gay lobma. Gay lobma. Gay lobma. Gay lobma. And that's the intermediate nun spouse. Generally taken for two years only, and men don't have to take this. So in addition to the 13 getsulma vows, this also, this part also includes 12 additional commitments. The first six say Sawe Chu Druk. These, we're gonna be going over these more in general but these are more serious. They relate to contact with a man, um, et cetera, and they have a lot to do with that sort of thing. We won't be going into detail with these ones. There's five activities that an intermediate nun agrees to give up, and we can't know those unless we take the nun's vows. The secondary six things say, Jeytun Chudruk. chu Chudruk. This one, we can't know them in detail, but they're less serious. An example would be proper diet, um, not digging in the ground, etc. Digging in the ground would hurt insects, and that would be improper behavior for becoming a full nun. So the person who can take these vows and give them you can't, the person giving them, you can't give the Prati Moksha vows to someone who's just curious about them or who wants to know what Buddhism is and doesn't want to get out of samsara um, it's the most basic form that you're taking these to get out of samsara, that's the whole point of it It's not just because other people are taking it or you think it'd be cool or you're trying to do some research, write a paper, something like that. It's only because you want to get out of suffering. And if you define the prati-moksha vows as something to take you to nirvana, to get you there, nirvana is escaping unhappiness, You could define them as stopping your bad behavior and getting you out of suffering because they're taking you to nirvana. The vows are gonna stop our bad behavior and get us out of suffering. And I imagine that this, this has happened many times because if someone wants to write a book or an article about the vows, or they're doing research or something like that, um, they're not allowed to take the vows. And even if they did, they wouldn't form anyways without the right intention. The purpose of taking them is to get us out of suffering. And what that would look like, because we talk about it a lot, but it would look like never being irritated ever again by anything, never being upset or jealous, prideful, angry at anybody. I mean, it's really, it's hard to even imagine. Never irritated or upset by anything ever again. I don't, I don't even know what that would be like, really. I'm, I don't think I've ever had 15 minutes like that, you know? without anything even some small like discomfort or itch or something I'm not even sure if I've had 15 minutes Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we can only get to that point from seeing emptiness directly in deep meditation there's no other way to get there and we all must do this And then we must apply that understanding for a long period of time to get out of suffering permanently. All of us can do it. And if we're ever wondering if we've reached nirvana yet, we haven't if we ever get upset about anything. (laughs) I've never been confused on this point personally. But it comes up so many times that there, maybe there's a point in practice that we get to. I, don't, I know I haven't been there, but maybe there is a point that you get to where it is like, I don't know, have I? Have I not? I mean, up to this point, I know I haven't. There's like no question in my mind. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's what this is talking about because I hear this over and over and over. On my screen went away. Okay, there it is. Okay. <laughs> so a little bit on who can give us these vows. We have to be in a civilized country or land, or in an uncivilized country where Buddhism is firmly established, Okay, I think, I'm, I think I'm interpreting this wrong. Let me read it over again. Okay, erase what I just said. There's a civilized country or land, and then there's uncivilized country. That would be where Buddhism's firmly established and where Buddhism isn't firmly established. You can consider a country, a Buddhist country, where there's a Sangha at least four or five ordained practitioners holding sojong or the confession ceremony twice a month. I'd say that's, I think that's probably happening in the U.S. I'd say it is. In a civilized land, you must have 12 fully ordained nuns to make an intermediate nun. The requirements for the abbots, who, who are the abbots? They like take care of all the little kids, right? Kind of. They're the head of the monastery. So they kind of do both of those things. But the requirements for the abbots are especially stringent. It's really strict to be a real abbot or the master of the ceremony. In an outlying land, six fully ordained nuns is enough. You don't have to have 12. Normally the ceremony would be presided over by a fully ordained nun, because we're talking about how a woman goes to get her full nun's vows, or the process that she goes through. And there are requirements for the nun's dress she has to have two or three robes, begging bowls. She has to have taken ma, the novice nun's vows, before taking the Lobma, the intermediate nun's vows. And then she has to do a certain ceremony of requesting her vows from the full nun who gives the vows, called the double request.
1: Sojong ceremony, is that
0: like confession? Mm-hmm. Or... <clears throat> confession <coughs> ceremony. And then she has to take this next vow, number five, before she, pe- she can become a geelong ma, a fully ordained nun. Say <laughs> Sang Chu Nerne
1: Ki
0: Sultum. Sang Chu Nerne Ki Sultum. Sangchu Chu Nerne Ki Sultrum. Sang Chu Generally speaking, it means to observe, uh, observe celibacy purely. And this one's not an individual freedom vow, but it's a commitment taking before receiving the fully ordained nuns' vows. From what Geshe Michael says, he hasn't seen a good explanation of what this completely entails. Which kind of makes sense because he's a monk and he's not a nun, so it seems like the nuns would would know. You know, like it's maybe not something that would be shared widely, but it seems like it would be in scriptures. Anyways, there's a debate in scripture. In the first five years of the Buddhist teachings, monks and nuns were made in a bunch of different ways, including, this is my favorite one, the Buddha would say come here, and your your hair would fall out, and then you'd have ropes on. (laughs) 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 And then there was a time when the Buddha would send someone a letter and say, you're now a nun. Which would be quite a surprising letter to get, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And all Mm -hmm. of a sudden, you're a nun. And that's also a recognized way. But then the Buddha changed it to what it is now. And Geshe Michael brings this up in this Class, It may be this thing where if you make a big enough deal out of it, you're less likely to break it. You think it's more important. Kind of like what we do with weddings. And in the present day, is there any other way to become a full nun besides going through these in a slow process or all at once? And there is. If a full monk changes sexes, they become a full nun. So maybe if you could find enough monks to do that, then it could happen. And apparently, I I was gonna look this up actually. Apparently in the old days, there was something that could happen and your sex would change naturally. The sexual energy changes and you would become a woman. And from what Geshe Michael says, it's recognized in the scriptures, and it wasn't that uncommon because it's mentioned a lot. I've never heard of this. Have you guys? I remember
1: when we were learning about our freedom vows and like a couple of the other vows. Mm-hmm. It says like sometimes if you change sex, you lose your vows and have to retake them, but sometimes you don't lose them. But I can't remember which ones are which.
0: Yeah, we'll go over those like, if again.
1: Like we'll the vows, maybe. If you change sexes, you lose them. Yeah. But like it's like very clear when you lose them and well, when you don't lose them. Well,
0: mm-hmm. there's images of
1: Buddha that are female too, right? Mm-hmm.
0: did i meant to look that up because i'm interested in that maybe it's not so common now and apparently it can happen more than once and we're, we're going to be studying this in the next oh i guess it's in the next class if it happens we're not talking about i don't think we're talking about the bodhisattva vows here though but if it happens three times or more then you lose your vows And it doesn't sound like it's something that you're trying to do. It sounds like it's something that just happens. Anyways, in theory, if you had 12 monks who changed to a nun, then you could restore the nun's lineage if it was broken.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And the sexual energy has a lot to do with the vows. We'll talk about this a little more next time as well as the lack of sexual energy means that the mind is not stable. So that type of of person would not be an appropriate physical body to take the vows. And this also applies to the higher teachings. The sexual energy in general can be abused a lot, um, but it also gives you tremendous strength and you can use it for good things too. Going through really fast. Okay, um, we'll go over this next part, and then we'll take a break. Okay, now we'll go into the nuns' bows or the full nuns' vows in no detail. Because <laughs> <laughs> they can't teach us, right? Yeah, but the point is to see how they build on each other. Say, Gay long Ma. Gay
1: long,
0: Gay long Ma. Gay long, ma. Gay long and that's fully ordained nuns' vows. Okay, good. I have a. So we'll go, we'll go over some of the categories. Um, say, Tumwa de na. Tumwa de na. Tumwa de, tu de, tu de, tu de na. Okay. These are the five categories into which the fully ordained nuns vows and monks vows fall into. The nuns vows, there's 364, monks vows 253. And we're gonna be going over in sequence from the most serious to the least serious. And they're grouped into five categories. These are five different categories. This first category, say pampa. 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 Pampa.
1: Pampa,
0: which means to lose or be defeated um, by the mental afflictions. So, by the mental, to lose afflictions. That's basically what it's referring to. There's eight for nuns and four for monks. These are the most serious and the most dangerous ones, this category. Some groups of Buddhists, not the one that we follow, but some of them believe that if you commit one of these, you lose all of your vows. Our particular school in Vinaya doesn't believe that, but these are so serious that some schools say you lose them completely. So he's just mentioning that to show us the gravity of them. The second category, say lakma, lakma, which means remainder or left over. Thirty for nuns, twenty, or twenty for nuns, thirteen for monks. With this one, you still have remainder or something left over that you can repair mm-hmm. to get back on track. It implies that the Pampa, the first one. You can't repair, but don't take too literally is what the text says. This one is less serious than the last one. The third one, say tungje, tungje, Tung 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 which means, basically means downfall. Oh yeah, then there's the subcategories. These make you fall down to where, do you think? Lower realms. Or mm-hmm. Lower realms. Lower realms yeah. um, then there's two categories of downfalls. Three A and three B there. The first one, say Pong Tung. Pong Tung. Tung. 33 for nuns, 30 for monks. And this is a downfall where you have to give something up to make amends or to fix the vow. For example, if you fail to give up a possession, if you do get some cloth, which is always the example, getting some (laughs) cloth. (laughs) If you do get some cloth with the intention of making them into robes, and you keep the cloth too long because you get get possessive, to purify yourself, you would get rid of the, the cloth. That's an example. Second one, Tung J Bashik. Tung J Bashik. Tung Bashik. There's 180 for nuns, 90 for monks. This is a downfall where you don't have to give up something. You don't have to give up the cloth because you're attached to it. In a special situation, you'd be allowed to keep the cloth. For example, If you've taken the bodhisattva vows, you'd be required if you were offered 25 warehouses full of cloth to negotiate it, ship it somewhere where it can serve people. And it'd be a lot easier not to have the cloth, but as a bodhisattva vow holder, you have to help others when you can, and so you would. Okay, three is less serious than two, but also less serious than four. <laughs> Number four, say sore shock. Sore, sore shock. shock. Sore shock. Sore, sore shock. shock. There's 11 nuns, four monk's vows. This one means that you must confess, or this category means you must confess them individually. full monk during the Sojong ceremony has to confess these one by one. (coughs) Depending on how many monks you have, that could be a really long ceremony. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I don't know if they they can do it all at the same time or something like that. Or if somebody has to be hearing them.
1: Maybe they program.
0: Yeah. Because that could be a long time. This is... um, This is just another word for breaking a vow, basically. When you get down to four and five, they're pretty minor. They're all physical and verbal, mostly. Number five, say neje, neje, neje. At this category, there's 112 nuns and 112 monks' vows. This one means did a bad thing which was not excellent. And here Geshe Michael talks about how he's planting a seed that one day will be ordained in a future life and it'll be easier to memorize the Sojong ceremony. That's why we're going over these things. That's what he says. How many vows does a fully ordained nun have? Three hundred Mm-hmm. Three hundred and sixty-four. And the monks? Two fifty six? Two fifty three. Two three. Yep. Okay. Okay, I what Gesha Michael says is And I don't remember what, I don't know what he's referring to. But he says when you get down to four, he says the monk's groups are still five. Oh, okay. Or six, if you split three into two, because three has three A and three B. I don't remember why he was talking about that, though. The nuns have 364, monks 253. I think, why don't we, we'll take a break.
1: So if you, if if you're looking older, an ordained monk, and you break your vows, like in in a monastery setting, do you get kicked out? Or?
0: (coughs) I don't think... I'm not so sure. I'm not sure what you would have to do to get kicked out. But we'll go over what happens if you break your vows. I can't remember if we'd do it this week. But it depends on different vows. I think I was just prepping for... Maybe it was seven and he was talking about it too in that one. Um, and sometimes you'll lose you know, like some privileges or your position in the monastery. But I haven't heard him say anything about you getting kicked out. Because also what he talks about is um, all of the Tibetan monasteries, which are different than other countries, they have all levels of the vows. They have the pradimoksha vows, Bodhisattva, and Tantric vows. They're keeping all of those not all monasteries would be. They might They might be doing things a little bit differently then, because they're all practicing at those levels.
1: Now, are the tantric vows secret as well, kind of like the, you know, the certain ones?
0: But, yeah, like the nuns and monks' vows. Yeah. Okay. Oh no! I did
1: the thing. I pushed the
0: thing. Lauren, you cursed it. I
1: thought I did all the.
0: Um. Steps. Did you go? Go up to the top. Here, try
1: again.
0: Get the um. No. Okay.
1: So go to the top.
0: Did you do the full screen there?
1: Okay. I did this. Okay, full screen, yeah. And then I did, and then I did, okay,
0: But you you were doing some other things on there too. What were the other things?
1: I was making it so the I turned down the blue light and increased the warm light because it's the lead at night that it won't disturb our sleep mm-hmm. patterns. But do you notice that the screen is less bright? Yeah. Yeah, I turned it the warm light. It looks light more
0: vintage. Yeah. It might be fine it next time we open it again. Yeah, maybe we'll see. Okay. So this is um, say sojong, 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 so so and this is a confession ceremony where you clean up your negative deeds that you've done. Confessing your broken vows to a Lama, or a teacher, or to other good people is very powerful and very liberating. And the wording of the Sojong ceremony makes you believe that monks sat around and said exactly what they did, that that's how they used to do it. Breaking a vow and... Or maybe that's how they do it now. Breaking a vow and hiding it is much more serious than breaking a vow and not hiding it. In the current uh, ceremony, Sojong ceremony, as it's practiced in the Sarah Me Monastery, they just go straight through and recite it. But what Geshe Michael believes is that the serious monks are confessing, like truly confessing their vows. No matter what kind of vows you have, it's much more powerful that you go to somebody. And I guess I have done this, maybe not in a formal ceremony. Yeah, and how does it feel? I mean, if
1: it feels good afterwards, you know? Like, you let it off your chest, and you
0: know, felt good. Um, The person you're confessing to just has to understand the concept to know how seri- serious it is, to understand what you're confessing. And it's very embarrassing to admit in front of other people as well. It's good to find someone that's a really good person that you'd be embarrassed to confess to them. Then that embarrassment, the idea is that it'll prevent you from doing it again in the future. You'll remember that. You'll think, I don't want to do that again. Also, the power of the bad deed that we do doubles every 24 hours. Just imagine that. From time with no beginning. All the bad deeds doubling every 24 hours. Which is good that there's purification. And even if we did a bad deed and we're, we know we're not going to be able to stop ourselves, it's still good to confess it and at least clean that one. So it's not doubling in power every 24 hours.
1: Have you guys ever done the sojongs here? Or no, not
0: this formal... Ceremony, I'm not really sure how it, how it goes. I'm not even sure if we could do the formal ceremony or if it's just for the, the monks or nuns. Um, but we can do them, we can do them with good Dharma friends or in a circle. It can be a circle for people who have taken their vows, and it could be like a confession circle which would be really cool. And if we... So if you really find your root lama, all they want is that you're happy. And you can't be happy doing these things. You can't be happy breaking your vows because you won't even be happy in this life. Forget nirvana. So it's really important to clean them up, but to just keep them in the first place, which we, we all of us can. And if we're practicing and nothing's happening, this is a good place to look. Always look at your ethics. Even just the 10 non-virtues, even the most basic ones, because those are the ones that we're doing all the time. Those are the top 10. Think about, uh, is there any way that I'm doing idle gossip, especially because we're in in a Dharma center, which we're very lucky to have, and we also have opportunities to do things that people who aren't in a Dharma center don't have. So we can do idle gossip about Dharma brothers and sisters, and then wonder, you know, then we go and do our prayers and wonder why nothing's happening in our practice. So it's good to be really careful with that sort of thing. And this happens this happens to people and it may happen more, off, more often than we know that people will be doing the practice and they'll think something's wrong with the practice because their ethics aren't clean and so the practice isn't working. But if you don't know that that's the root of it, then you think maybe something's wrong with the practice and you just leave and don't come back. Or you think something's wrong with the ritual that you're doing or the mantras, something like that. So we all know now that we just go back and check our Pratimoksha morality, like the most basic level of it. No matter how many vows we have, we go back to those and check those. So if we wanna have amazing spiritual things happen, that's the place where it starts. It's the root of all the vows. And if we have the opportunity, we, ha- we really have to be initiated to start practicing Tantra. Even if our mind is wandering and we're not really there completely or we're not really able to do the practices the way we want to, we still have to do it if we have the chance. And why, why would that be? So think about the highest worldview. Why would you? Why would you have to practice tantra? On the right track, though. Do you know?
1: Well, because the
0: only way we can get to enlightenment in this lifetime. Right, and why? Why is it so important that we do that really fast?
1: Because we don't know. Have-
0: we might die yes we might die and who else
1: and who else will die our teacher
0: yes (laughs) 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 who else is going to die along with us Uh-huh. Everybody. Yeah. So we have to reach full awakening as soon as we can. That's why we have to study tantra. Because everybody else is suffering just as much as we are. So we have to get there as soon as we can. We can't sit around and wait for countless lifetimes or even seven lifetimes or or three or ten. We have to do it now because I mean look at the state of the world. There's so much suffering, we have to do it now so that we can help all those people to get out as well. So they're not just suffering lifetime after lifetime waiting for us to get our shit together. And if we keep our Pradi moksha vows really nicely, not only does it stop our afflictions, but we'll get to a place where special and extraordinary things are going to be happening. And these are the like once even once we're studying tantra, it's not like we're not keeping these vows. These are the basis and the foundation for the whole practice. We're still keeping these. And like Lauren was mentioning kind of earlier, the energy of taking a vow and not doing something is much more powerful than just not doing the thing on its own. So if you have the vow and you're not doing it. Huge, powerful seeds. If you're just not doing the deed, like you're just not killing, it's good, but not nearly as powerful. The second way doesn't really have much energy. And it really isn't... Like not killing, it really isn't our fault. We don't get credit for it. Because it came from a past life, that tendency. If we consider ourselves a good person, it's not really because of anything we did in this life. It's been part of our character for maybe countless lifetimes. We really haven't changed that much to not do the things that we're not doing now. We have changed, but if we really want to get better, it's going to take more work. Whatever goodness we have in this life is almost certainly from a past life. It's not that we've worked over and over and over to stop stealing and lying. You know, we've done these things in our lives, but it's not as though it was such a big stretch. Someone in our past, or past us, was a very moral person, which is why we've climbed up to where we are. And then most people start to slide down as they get older. Whatever instincts we have now, They came from someone else's past work. If we stay where we are, we'll just end up dropping in the next life. We have to put in the work. Unless we really make it a project to be an ethical person, it won't change that much. We won't have those amazing experiences and we'll end up being one of those middle-aged Dharma students where nothing is happening and we don't know why. Which is incredibly sad because we have all of the tools and all of the capability. And we can, we can be done with the whole thing in this life if we put our mind to it, if we really work at it. It's completely possible. So if there's anything that we're not happy about, if nothing's happening to us, you know, big spiritual things then we need to examine our ethical life. And the odds are much better if we take full ordination to reach the goal, but it's really not necessary. It depends how you're keeping your vows. You could take full ordination and keep your vows in a really crappy way. You could not take full ordination and keep your vows perfectly. It sounds like there's some power in taking ordination. It seems like it would be like that but it's completely possible either way. And anyone can take the secret vows, but at a minimum you have to keep away from the ten nine virtues. And it's such a blessing to take any of the vows that if you have the opportunity, we just have to do it. But if we don't have the heart for taking ordination vows, it's better not to take them which personally, I don't. I don't have, I have like almost zero interest. (laughs) (laughs) Some people really do have a lot. So if you're one of those people who don't, he's saying it's better not to take it. And at the same time, from what Gish Michael says, because I don't know, I'm not um, ordained, It's a fantastic and liberating way to live. Mathieu Ricard, who's um, a famous teacher, he's a monk, he was asked by Tricycle Magazine, isn't it constricting having these vows? And he said, no, it's the most liberating thing in the world. I've never felt better. See, the tantric
1: values. You, you don't get to learn like them until
0: you take them, right? See? Right. You might know the names of them before you take them, but you won't really know, or before before you take them and before you learn them, but you won't really know them until afterwards. Mm-hmm. What they mean. I hmm. Oh,
1: I think. No, I was. No, no. So I, I didn't come to any of her classes, but what Venerable Tenzin, she's an ordained nun, right? Mm-hmm.
0: he ever disrobed that I know of I haven't really thought about that in a long time Uh, but he doesn't wear his I haven't haven't seen him wear his robes he might for the more serious teachings that he does like I mean the more serious Buddhist like technical Buddhist teachings that he does he had a a spiritual partner Mm mm-hmm um, but no, I don't think he's disrobed. From what I know, um, let's see what the, um, meditation is, and we'll, we'll end with meditation. We'll probably end a little bit early.
1: There's not a lot of class material. Probably because we couldn't learn any of it. I was like, here's all these girls, and I'm going to tell you nothing about them. <laughs>
0: I know, it wasn't, but but it was still like 10 pages of notes, which usually means it's a long class, but maybe we just went through it really fast.
1: All the classes, all the recordings have been really short for Gushy and Michael. They've only been an hour. Like, normally they're two hours, sometimes longer, but this class... Oh, like this class so was? Far, well, this course so far, they've only been like 55 minutes or something. For the oh,
0: the one I'm doing is like... Seven I think is like an hour and twenty, but it might just be more questions from the audience and stuff. I like the I kind of like the shorter ones. It's less to prepare.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's hard to listen to a whole two-hour teaching on like podcast rather than yeah yeah like fifteen minutes is really achievable. Where like maybe after like an hour and fifteen minutes, I kind of stop listening.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you guys know the um, ten non-virtues by heart?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Would it I think, you know, I'm, it's part of the meditation, so I want to see.
1: No killing. No stealing. Mm-hmm. No sexual
0: misconduct. No lying. Um, no. There's three more of speech. No. No,
1: no idle speech. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a later. A hard one. Speech. Yeah. No um, it starts with a D. Divisive divisive mm-hmm. speech. Um. No. You were saying one before. I know you know number 10. Yeah,
1: I'm
0: just uh, Ill will. will yeah, you know. Coveting and wrong worldview. Coveting and Okay, so let's do a meditation. You can, you can sit, you can sit on the floor, you can lay down, and all kind of. How long does this mean? Mmm, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 or something. Yep. You can get, um, cushions. No, that's Okay. Um... seated. Spine is nice and tall. Shoulder blades are together down the back. Feel your sit bones even on the cushion. And then do a quick scan from the crown of the head to the soles of the feet and just Relax tension. Just be aware of your body breathing. Mm-hmm. Notice if you start to feel tension again, if you're trying to focus too hard, or relaxing. gonna go through the 10 non-virtues. Think about the closest we came to committing and the furthest away we were in the last 24 hours. I think we did a similar one last week. And starting with the first one What's the closest we came to doing that in the last 24 hours? Then what's the furthest away? A way in which we did a really good job protecting life. And think of one thing and let that joy spread through your body. stealing. What's the closest we came to doing this in the last 24 hours? What's the furthest away we came in the last 24 hours? misconduct, the closest we came to doing this in the last 24 hours. furthest away from that, a way that we really protected someone's relationship. for lying the closest we came to this in the last 24 hours. And the furthest away. Something we did that was really truthful. divisive speech, closest we came to that in the last 24 hours. furthest away, the way that we tried to bring people together with speech. Beach. the closest we've come to that in the last 24 hours. and the furthest away, something really kind that we said. speech closest we came to this in the last 24 hours (sighs) meaningless speech this away. And coveting. people have and happy that they have something good. as we came to that in the last 24 hours. And the furthest away. will, happy when something bad happens to somebody. Closest we came to that in the last 24 hours. In the furthest away. And finally, wrong world view. The biggest way that we did this in the last 24 hours. further the opposite that we came Letting the meditation go and feeling all the rejoicing, the energy of that seeping into your whole body. Healing all negativities, all pain, discomfort. She could keep little party.